Hello everyone, welcome again to Let's Talk Tottenham. Uh, another guest today, another Spurs fan, Tom Wilson. Uh, anyone who wants to follow him, his Twitter handle is at Tom underscore Sports Don. Uh, Sports Don, all one word. Uh, uh, as usual, any uh, questions, comments you have uh, for me or for the podcast at L Talk Tottenham. Um, and yeah, so Tom is on today talking about Pochettino mainly based after the uh, interview he did with BT. Uh, and Tom's going to go through his uh, favourite uh, memories and in terms of games that Pochettino was managing. Uh, and then talking about all things Spurs after that as well. Jose, players, uh, the season. Um, and more as well. So without further ado, let's talk Tottenham. So I'm here with uh, Tom Wilson, uh, his Twitter handle, like I've said, at Tom underscore sports Don. Uh, thanks, Tom, for being on the podcast. Hope you're well. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. And I uh, hope you're safe and well as well. Yeah, you too. Uh, I'm fine. I hope you are as well. Cheers. Um, so yeah, I've started doing these uh, uh, episodes um, with a few guests on, rather than me just monotone speaking for forty minutes or so. Um, so, uh, how long have you supported Tottenham? How long have I supported Spurs? Uh, I'd say I'd say about sort of ten years. I mean, I'd, I'd say sort of. I mean, I remember when we won the the League Cup in in yeah. but I'd say I've sort of become a stronger stronger Spurs fan probably. Towards the end of Redknapp and sort of Fear Paris and then Pochettino really, I was sort of became sort of a, a, a more a more intense fan just to sort of, as we sort of, uh, I guess as we improved, but you know, yeah. I, I sort of, sort of the way it's been, you know? Yeah, yeah. so what, what's, been, what was your first memory of watching Spurs, either live TV or, or yeah, your first memory of, of seeing Spurs? First memory, early pool. Um, uh, I remember this bit of an odd one. I remember listening, listening to the radio when we beat. I think it was Arsenal five one in the uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. semi final in the League Cup. Yeah, yeah I was I was at that game. We had a game. Yeah, I, I had an interview the next day where I could hardly speak, but I, I <laughs> must have done something right because I got the job. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a proper old stadium, that or a proper, proper stadium. Have you been to the, the new stadium at all? Yeah, that's right. The first game I went to was the Huddersfield game. Oh, So, did you go to White Hart Lane at all? Uh, yeah, I went, I only went once. I went to, I went to Norwich Spurs on Boxing Day. It was when the uh, train got up and uh, I think Tom Carroll scored. Oh, right, okay. So, what's your yeah, what's your opinion of the new stadium? Because it's it's divided quite a lot of opinions, certainly on Twitter, that 
Obviously, it's not White Hart Lane, it's not the atmosphere of White Hart Lane, but I've been to White Hart Lane quite a few times and quite a few times where there's been no atmosphere there at all, either because the game's dull or the game's already over before half-time. Um, what, what, what's your view of the new stadium and, and compared to White Hart Lane? Um, well, I, I can't say I've been to, been to the old one. I've been to the new stadium, I've been to Wembley more times yeah. than I've been to White Hart Lane, but I guess... People have very fond memories of White Hart Lane, particularly probably due to the last season we had there. And mm. I guess that was pretty special every game. Certainly the last six months, I mean, we won every single game at that yeah. The last two games we beat, we beat Arsenal and Man United and those two atmospheres. I don't know if you went to the games, but probably pretty crazy. So yeah. I've, got yeah, a season, yeah, I've got a season ticket and I share, so I don't go to all the games, but okay. yeah. And yeah, I mean, you probably went to a few of those games in the 16, 17 season. Yeah. It was incredible watching Spurs. And the, yeah, the atmosphere was, was booming and probably better than it, the new stadium is. And it's just, it's always, I think, history's shown that it's always, uh, you know, looking at the clubs that have moved into new stadiums, it's always going to be different, sort of adjusting to the new atmosphere, bigger stadium. And it's sort of just different purposes, isn't it? It's sort of. Mm. Exactly. I've seen things that, you know, people saying, oh, people need to stand up and start singing. But, you know, sure. that, that, that yeah, starts I mean, with the players on the pitch. Like you've said, if they're playing terribly, then then people are just going to get fed up and sit down and get in a sulk. Uh, I, I remember going to White Hart Lane that 16-17 season. I think it was West Brom that we beat 4-0 goal after 10 minutes. Atmosphere was yeah. dead after that because the way we were playing and everything like that, oh, game okay. was done after 10 minutes. So there wasn't yeah. really much cheering but then you get the Arsenal game where I can't remember what I think it was the season before where Kane curls that one in from the edge of the box and then it was just yeah. an absolute loudest thing you've ever heard but then the new stadium I think it's just going to take some time to get used to it and, and the fact that we're not playing as well as we have been but but I, I went to the Man City game the 2-0 game and, and that was the loudest I've ever heard a Spurs stadium apart from a, a League Cup at Wembley but that's the loudest I've ever heard so, you know, the players play well, like you say, the, the, the crowd will respond. If they don't play well, they won't. Yeah, that's, that's genuinely, genuinely how it is. Like, you, yeah. don't, you, don't, you don't get a booming atmosphere every game. I mean, it, it always depends on the circumstance. Night games, I think, always, always render a better atmosphere, I'd sort of say. Yeah. I mean, and, and you get a sort of picture on Twitter like that one. A couple of months back, was with a Spurs Spurs fan eating a pizza watching the game. You probably saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know why he got so much grief. It was just like, oh, it's just, yeah. just, what do you want him to do? Like, <laughs> sing until he passes out from hunger. Like, oh, no. it's, it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Like, yeah. A guy can eat a pizza and watch the football. He's not seeing what happened wrong with it. I mean, yeah. often you get Spurs fans standing up and trying to get everything going, but then there's young people who can't see the game. So I'm sort of, I'm sitting on the fence.
Yeah, I, I, I just think it's like you say, the, the, the players on the pitch, how they play will determine the atmosphere. Because uh, that Man City game, from what I was obviously in the South Stand, so I only really hear that, but it sounded like the whole stadium was singing. But then yeah. the, the pizza incident as well, that the, the guy who took the photos complaining that people should be standing up singing and cheering for the, and watching the game. But, you know, he's he's focusing on taking photos of people eating pizzas. <laughs> so he's not practicing what he preaches there. But I think in the end he got, he got rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I invited people on, I've asked them what they want to talk about and what what you said you want to talk about is, is basically kind of timed quite well because it's uh, basically your memories of Pochettino, fond memories of Pochettino and, and the fact he's done that interview on BT uh, kind of works out well with the timing of this. Um, but yeah, so Pochettino like at Tottenham, a success or not in your in your opinion? Uh, huge yeah, I hmm. think he, I mean, I was watching. I don't know if you follow Alistair Gold, do you? I do. I, I do. Yeah, I see some of his. Um, I know. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his work. I think he's a great, great Spurs journalist. But hmm. I was watching a video of him last night, and he sort of just echoed what I was saying, and like he sort of just changed the landscape of the club. Hmm. In my opinion, I think he. I mean, obviously, going back, Martin Yeo did a, a great job for Spurs, sort of. Uh, Changing the club from sort of maybe a mid table to a sort of top six, sort of Champions League fighting team. Yeah. And then Harry Redknapp, we got the Champions League on looking. Twice out of three, three full seasons he was in charge, and then obviously one of them, Chelsea bloody uh, won the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we, we won't talk about yeah. that, let's move on. <laughs> uh, and then Potts just sort of the. Year on year after that first season, we were after we first got into the Champions League, we were suddenly a, a team that everyone expected us to get into the Champions League. Mm. And I think he sort of thinks that we're going to jump in that regard because um, yeah. people expected expected trophies to come, and obviously they didn't. But yeah. now we're now we're a club which we expect to sort of get Champions League football and win trophies, and I think yeah. that's that's kind of the point as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you mentioned trophies there, and that's the kind of uh, monkey that's constantly on Pochettino's yeah. back here with us. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any secret, and I don't think anyone can say no, that we, we shouldn't have been winning a trophy there, either a cup or a league or, or, or the Champions League when we got in. But I, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you're in football to win trophies, and at the end of the day, Pochettino hasn't. And now we've got a serial winner in Mourinho. Whether whether he's up to the task still or not, it, it remains to be seen. But without Pochettino and the work he did, there's no way we'd be get, able to get a manager of, of Mourinho's calibre. And and no, and, yeah. And before Pochettino, players like Kane, Ali, Eriksson, as soon as they started playing well, would have been poached. So he's he's definitely changed the the, the club for the better there, and based and massively progressed us on and. Uh, you, you talk about a trophy. Wigan won a trophy. They won an FA Cup, and now they're in League One. So, <laughs> as well, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I'm a believer in that. I mean, I, I take sort of the opposite view to trophies, just to sort of defend the fact that we haven't won. I mean, I, yeah. I sort of feel I don't need a trophy to satisfy my my sort of experience as a, as a fan. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's been 17 seasons. I just might take a lot of criticism, but. I didn't need a trophy to, to look back on that season any more fondly in the fact that every, season, every week 
I would watch ads on the TV or, or, or stream a game and I'd always just, it, it was about generating emotion and, and sort of mm-hmm. pleasure watching watching my team and I thought that couldn't be improved anymore no. into a trophy. Obviously a trophy would have been great but yeah, that, it, it, I think it's how, how, how your teammates you feel and yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that season, I think we got eighty-six points, which most of the Premier League winning titles seasons would have won us the league. We just ended up with a Chelsea team who didn't have Europe, and then ended up winning yeah. something crazy like thirty out thirty-eight games. But yeah. I, I think Levy missed a trick after that season because that's when we should have been pushing on, uh, freshening up the squad, strengthening the squad. Um, but yeah. Uh, Season we bought in, I think we bought in Fourier, Covington, Sanchez, and Lorente, and then obviously we moved out of White Hart Lane, so we were we were away yeah. from home all season. Yeah, um, yeah. We'd be very interesting if we'd have stayed at White Hart Lane, and after that that season of, I think we dropped four yeah. points there, didn't we? I think we had two draws and the rest were wins or something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. We drew to Leicester and Liverpool and then won the rest of our games. I mean, yeah, and, and what we were doing home and away as well, again, which is what good teams do against weak teams, we were destroying them. Which, yeah, so half time, get half time game was over, which we haven't done that since. The only really. thing that I'd say is we uh, we weren't great going away to the top teams, and I think part, I mean Potty was a young manager, and I think some of the mistakes he made was maybe like from the fact that he'd, he'd never go into a game. Uh, not wanting to win, so we always went to win every game, and that sort of uh, rendered losses, I'd say, quite a few of our away games, which mm, which, yeah. which didn't really help. I mean, but that, that picture from the 16 17 team was that best. That, 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 that team, you've probably seen it with that 4 2 3 1 team set, but like mm. a screenshot of formation on mm. Sky Sports, and it's it's in a United away game, and we lost that game one 0 So that just sort of shows what a great team we had. But sometimes I think we uh, we just got beaten away away from home a bit too much. But yeah, I I do think Mourinho over over Pochettino is tactical uh, decisions. But then, like you say, Pochettino is a young manager. It, it's really Tottenham his first big big job, and it wasn't a big big job in terms of Champions League and title challenges when he took over. He he he. He, he basically took over a team who are wannabes of that, of that and then turned them into yeah. it. So he, he turned it into a big job. So he, he'll learn a lot from that, I think. Um, yeah. and, and in terms of winning trophies, it, while it would be nice to win a League Cup or an FA Cup, really, that, that has to be... When, when you're a team like us who are wanting to win titles and stuff like that, those trophies have to be stepping stones. Yeah. Or, or trophies that... You know, okay, we haven't won a league or a cup, but we've won something. We'll go again next season. So, yeah. while while it would be nice to win an FA Cup and a League Cup, what I wanted was a Champions League or a league because they're the trophies that big teams want to win. I agree, and I think that's exactly what Poch wanted. He never really, maybe he could have sort of uh, taken a more charismatic view of it and sort of said any trophy is a good trophy. But he was always a believer in the main two titles as the. Uh, the Premier League and the Champions League, they're, they're the two titles he saw, and that's why in some League, league Cup games or <laughs> FA Cup games, he, he maybe should have sort of capitalised the first on the lineups. Yeah, I, 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 
Yeah, you, you look at Man City, I think they won either the FA Cup or League Cup as their first trophy under Mancini, and that was a stepping stone. So that got them over yeah. the line of, OK, now we know how to win. So I think yeah. in, in that respect, we needed to win one of those cups yeah. um, just to get the stepping stone. I think leagues and Champions Leagues would have followed. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, there was a few times, wasn't there? I mean, first season of the Pucks, we got to the League Cup final and then we lost two, two, two FA Cup semi-finals and then another League Cup semi-final yeah. this last season. So, yeah. yeah. So, if I was to say to you with Pochettino, like, this might be a difficult question, but I'll ask it anyway. What were your, your five favourite games, three or five favourite games under his era? I, I, I reckon I can guess the first one. But... <laughs> yeah, you probably can guess the first one. I mean, I, don't know. I, made, a, I made a list of them. Right, OK. Um, so, I, I mean, I'd have to say, I'd have to say my favourite game would be Alex away. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think any, any Spurs fan who says anything different... Uh, was either living in a rock that year, or or, yeah. or was proposed to their girlfriend, and she said yes at another game, and that's why it trumps that one or something like that. So sure. <laughs> something out of the box where like that. Watched, where were you when you watched that game? Uh, I was in the pub, and then I, I don't remember anything after uh, more of a score in the third goal to when the final whistle went. Yeah. It was like an out of body experience. I've got a friend who's a United fan, and when they won yeah. in '99, he had a similar experience when Solskjaer won it, but. Yeah, I, I was told after the game when Mora scored, I was hugging everybody in the pub, and that that was news to me. But <laughs> yeah, it's just it was just one of those games as well. I think if even if you're a neutral, it'll be one of the best yeah. games you've seen because it had absolutely everything. There was no viciousness, yeah. there was no violence or anything like that. Or, or it was just two teams wanting to go out and win, and and one team who were us at half time with nothing to lose. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible, wasn't it? it was yeah. Where were you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was just at a pub. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're not Spurs fans, but <laughs> I mean, all, all my mates, I mean, I think most of them are Chelsea, Chelsea lads, but mm. they couldn't exactly say it wasn't an incredible game. And no. But they just both, really, you can't really... You can't really say anything else when the team wins like that. So. No, I, I just... Yeah. I mean, I thought the Man City game in the, in the round before was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then that had everything, and then this was even better. I mean, yeah, it was absolutely incredible, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. What a hat trick from Lucas! And Do you think he should have started in the final? Uh, I'm, I'm a believer in the fact that change the man, in my opinion. He's my anyone who says otherwise, I think, is either lying or mm. or just sort of. I mean, if you look at his record, I think he'll go down as potentially Spurs' greatest ever player so I think if he's fit which I think he was fit I don't mm. think he was at his peak and I don't think mm. he maybe he was not ready to play 90 minutes to play the Champions League final I don't yeah. blame Potts for not starting him mm. I feel sorry for Lucas and I, I think there's an argument now you could have maybe fitted Lucas into the team maybe drop Ali or something like that but yeah, my, my, I mean, my, my personal viewpoint was he should have started Lucas because he deserved to start and then, yeah. and then if you're chasing a game or whatever, what a sub to bring on in Harry Kane, it gives the defenders something else to think about. But start Harry Kane or not start Harry Kane didn't have any effect on the game. That The game was changed after 30 seconds with, with the penalty decision, which, yeah. you know, 
stop the game being an end to end and both teams trying to win basically sat Liverpool back playing on the counter. So more more of a would have been up pitch and he wouldn't have had any effect on 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 Sissoko sticking his hand out. No, I mean, yeah. I don't think it was a penalty, but but then Pochettino <laughs> was damned if he did, damned if he didn't as well. It was like we lose, why don't you start Kane? He starts him, you lose. Why do you start someone yeah. who wasn't fit? But yeah, I, I personally wouldn't have started him, giving Lucas the chance based on what he did to get us there. And then you've got yeah. like a world's best striker to come on as a sub if you need him and give someone so defenders can something completely different to think about. But it's yeah. hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. I was just so devastated with that after the semi-final and, and just I'd rather get knocked out in the semi-final or the group stages to that because yeah it was just yeah and then and then I, I get friends saying to me like oh you've done well to get there it's been a good good journey and it's like we're, we're in a final to win it we're not there to like you know yeah have a good day out and you want a good day out go to the zoo go to the beach you would yeah but we saw we saw those games against City. I mean, on my list, I've also got the home game against Dortmund. I don't know if you went to that one. One of the games I went to that season. Was that three? Was that three one in the groups, or was that the knockout? Uh, no, the, the, sorry, the knockout, the three 0 in, in the right. Champions League one. I mean, that second half performance—it was so special. Yeah. I, thought, I mean, the, after that first half, I remember we were sort of on the back foot for a little bit. Yeah. And then we, we came out second half and just destroyed what, what, what was quite. A, a pretty good Dortmund team, really, and we just we battered them. Back the that night was was something else, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I remember the four-one win against Man City. I can't remember what year that was. It might have been sixteen, seventeen, or the season before, where we were one 0 yeah. down, and then. I mean yeah. that that was where we were at our best. I think we where we did what Liverpool do really, just closing everybody down from the front and, and as soon as someone gets the ball we're on them like a pack of wolves and it goes to the next yeah. player and then the same thing and, and just we had so much energy and fitness as well that teams couldn't cope whereas that seems to have gone but that was one of my yeah. favourite games that, yeah that, that, that season I think it was 15-16 and then we beat them 2-0 yeah. 16-17 it was a similar performance we just pressed them off the park pack of wolves just, just going with every single single Man City player and I think that was City's first loss under under Guardiola, but we just blew him away that, that mm. day. And uh, we were a special team to watch at times. And yeah, yeah. In those yeah. I, I I think the system played so much part in that, and, and someone like a Dembele, and then either uh, Dai or Wanyama, whoever was playing next to him, which, which they they basically just sat and protected the defence and let the front four just go and do what they want and go and kill teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then we had the, the three behind Kane. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of the time, it wasn't really solid, though, sort of, those times, even though he was at the club, it was 15-16, I remember, the, the Melada, pretty good season. And then and Chadley as well. Chadley was OK, yeah. And then 16-17, he sort of switched to Ogden, he deployed at the three at the back, which sort of Eric, Ericsson and Danny, you know, and Trainer were on, yeah. on rushing full-backs. And I, I think that's what Poch nailed in those years. He, we had a system and a way of playing, and I think that sort of got lost yeah. in the last year when... We sort of had so many injuries, and then we we deployed the weeks since the vote there. Bit of a strange duo in midfield, and that, <laughs> I think that sort of epitomises sort of where it was going. And but just just sort of the, the way Spurs sort of just depleted slowly. Just I think it's 
Generally, defending, he's quite good. Going forward, he's quite good. His issue is his decision making. Sometimes, and Russia bloods to the head. Yeah, I mean, you'd <laughs> you'd be disappointed if like your eight year old did that, and and because it's yeah. just so stupid. But he he does it constantly. So you know, having him like a full season playing every game, you're going to concede goals because of his decisions. Yeah, and he doesn't seem to learn. No, I think. My dad was on, my dad was at that when I was in the pub. I think that was New Year's Day or Boxing or yeah. it was New Year's Day, wasn't it, or Eve? I think it was New Year's Day. Yeah, I mean we hammered them that day, and they, mm. they were probably the best team in the league that season. Yeah, I, th- just been like, I think that's the game as well that pretty much uh, announced Kane to the league. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's got a great that day and two great goals. I think it was. I mean, yeah, we hammered them that day. I mean, if you look at that lineup, I think it's To be honest, like Fazio was just, I mean, he had the turning circle of a jumbo jet, but yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't the best defender, but he, he basically had a scrap with Costa the whole game, didn't he? And then kept him yeah. quiet. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, that was, that was an incredible game. And then yeah. maybe moving on to 15, 16, if you're the games under end, we mentioned City at home. City away though, I think that was a another sort of landmark game under Poch. Is that two all? Uh, the, the two one, I think the two all was. Oh the, yes, e- Ericsson in the last five minutes. That's the one, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I remember the Poch team had celebrations after that game. He was predicting mm. uh, that he went to the away fans, and it was sort of like we got this, we got this. It was sort of. Mm. I was thinking at that point maybe we've got a chance, but yeah. I mean, I always do that season. I, I always think Arsenal. Now I talk about Arsenal. They, they were top at Christmas hmm. and I think they were in the driving seat the majority of the season hmm. and it was only sort of I think sort of March time when people 
realised Spurs were sort of in and around them, but I just think we always we were always too far off Leicester. And I remember I think it was a game they beat us in January. Yeah, that, that, that was a bad one, wasn't it? Really, we. we... It was a, yeah, and I watched it with my dad, and I thought we looked at each other and we sort of knew that maybe that's a, that's a massive loss that one, just mm. because Leicester were near the top, and I thought Spurs were just starting to gather momentum. Those yeah. three points. I mean, if we were three points closer to Leicester come the end of the season, we could have had it, you know. Yeah, there the, the, the were the points in that game which basically shaped seasons like I can't remember exactly but I think Kane should have scored and Schmeichel made a brilliant save and then not long after that yeah. that's when Huth scored but I mean yeah, Schmeichel you look at his fa- you look at his father for Man United he, he used to make saves one on one and then they'd go up the other end and Cantona would score and win 1-0 mm-hmm. so yeah. just shows the value of a keeper but yeah, I think if we yeah, could have won that, that would have knocked, would have given Leicester something to think about, would have given us um, even more momentum. But then it, it was when we had games against West Ham, where if we win that, we go top and we just didn't turn up, lost 1 0. Uh, and then Arsenal at home, we win that, we go top, and then Kane scores that screamer, and then we sit off, and then it's 2 all. And, and... Yeah, it's just, it's just moments. I think Pochettino always, he always said about the difference between this and that was, was just sort of little moments and I just yeah. think apart from Lucas's sort of hat-trick we sort of got on the, the wrong side of, of maybe sort of the, the moment which was going to sort of justify success I mean yeah. I was thinking the reason that fault for that, that goal that Sancho had scored to make it to, to, to make two all in that game mm-hmm. and if we beat Arsenal then We'd be another two points close to left, and we'd have yeah. more momentum. Yeah, I, I do think that season we we weren't ready to win a league mentally. I mean, and, and that Chelsea battle of the bridge game, which I mean, ignore this season with some of the awful results, but that that's the first time I can really remember being ashamed of Tottenham. Just you're two nil up, let them get angry and get sent off. Don't draw yourself yeah. into it, but. I think we were too young and immature and, and Pochettino as well, I think, as a manager there to win a title that season. I think if we'd have gone top, we'd have um, really struggled with the pressure. The following season, we, we we kept winning, kept winning, kept winning, but we had a few games earlier in the season where out of Earl and then Kane got injured where we drew like four in a row and that's what cost yeah. us the league that year. Yeah, After that, when they got back, we then went on a run, but unfortunately, Chelsea just didn't lose. Yeah, we were always just a bit too far behind in that. We, we had a, a period, I think, in October and November where we didn't win for, I think it was like up to 10 games in all competitions. Yeah. And uh, we drew to West Brom away, I think I went to that game, and it was just sort of... Yeah. Then, then we hit momentum after Christmas, but we were always about 10 points behind Chelsea. Yeah. And it in the end, as you said earlier, we finished with 86 points, and that's a pretty mega... Italy, I mean, yeah. it's, yes, it's, it's nothing in comparison to, no. to Liverpool and City last season, but no. it's it, 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 would, it, it, it would have won the league in Leicester's year. I think they got 84. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah it would, of course it would have been. One of the big, big turning points in that season, I think, that, that Chelsea title winning season is when we beat them 2-0 at home, which I thought we'd beat them anyway because there was so much motivation for us to beat them. The next oh, game was the, the yeah. next game was the Cup semi-final. I think if we could have beaten them two games out of two in succession, yeah. you, you never know. But I think them beating us kind of knocked the stuffing out of us a little bit and then gave them a bit more, um, yeah. uh, what's the word, uh, confidence. But if we could have beaten them, beaten them like we beat them. Because that 2-0 game, 
they had a couple of chances, but I, I didn't really think they looked that dangerous. No, they, they didn't. Did they? I mean, I think they had a chance early second half, maybe after we scored our second goal, or to make it one over. Yeah. I thought that, that was such, such a. Cl- I mean, that's one of my favourite games. That's another one of my favourite games. In the fact that it was such a tight match that that game, but we were we were so solid in every every department of the pitch, mm. and those two Delhi Ali goals were just such great headers. I mean, Ericsson, I think he's a player which is. I think it's hugely undervalued by Spurs fans. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Like the amount of uh, not abuse but criticism that he, he used to get. And I remember when Kane was injured and we had Janssen, and Janssen yeah. would, wouldn't run the channels like Kane did, which no. a gives someone like an Eriksson someone to pass to, but then creates a load of space for someone like an Ali to run into. Yeah, and, and then I mean, yeah. because Eriksson didn't have anyone to pass to, he's got no choice but to turn around and pass back. Against teams who are sitting back, and then you know, yeah. So it's good to hear someone else uh, <laughs> sees the value of I mean, Calvin Erickson as well. I saw a poll the other day, and I think it was on, a, on their Instagram account, and he was doing sort of uh, Spurs' greatest ever team. I don't. I think Erickson only got a, a nomination mm. in the, for the substance. She wasn't nominated to be an best eleven. Yeah. And of course, I, I don't know much about Spurs in the seventies or eighties, but I know for sure in, in this. Sort of modern successful Spurs. Whenever Spurs have played well under Pochettino, Ericsson normally has been sort of at the, at the main main part of it. Really, yeah. I'd have to say. I mean, I remember. I mean, of the eighteen nineteen, I was far too away when we when we drew to sort of clinch qualification for the uh, the knockout mm. stages. Ericsson in that second half, I think it was in his last great game of the Spurs, but he was absolutely incredible pulling the strings and. Mm, yeah. That's what he did so well. Those those players are absolutely imperative. Imagine taking Kevin De Bruyne out of Man City. Yeah. They they wouldn't get anywhere near the goals that they get. And someone like an Aguero without him, and then before him, David Silva, who played the same position. You know. Yeah. Aguero is a great finisher, and his movement is great. But his movement is he's always moving because he knows he's got someone there who can pick him out from 50 yards in the same way that Kane, Son, Ali in the 16-17 season moved in. You only have to look at this season, like the, the Newcastle game, the 1-0 loss comes to yeah. mind where there was no movement at all because Ericsson wasn't on and there was no one there to ping a 50-yard pass. As soon as he came on, movement started, yeah. but then Newcastle was so deep. Um, yeah, when we played, when Ericsson played well, we played well. When he didn't or he was injured or, or out of the team, it's hugely noticeable. For sure, I mean, the Newcastle game, unfortunately, was the only game I've been to this season. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, no, so the only game at, uh, uh, well, the only game at the Pochettino I've been to, but, yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. that was shocking, wasn't it? No, I went and, to his uh, last ever game, the Sheffield United one, and it was just, yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't actually say, I don't think much has changed. Well, obviously, I, I, I wouldn't say so, but our results haven't dramatically improved under Mourinho. I really. No, but I, I, I do think I do think at the start we were scoring goals and looking good, and then we were, yeah. and then any team with the caliber of players would struggle if Kane and Son got injured, both of them together. I think you, you take a, I don't know Salah and Mane out of Liverpool, they'd struggle. De Bruyne, Aguero out of City, they'd struggle. Um, Vardy, Madison out of Leicester, they'd struggle. Messi and uh, uh, Suarez out of uh, Barcelona. So uh, uh, 
And then it's just Oko who's missing as well, who at that yeah. point been sort of ever present in our midfield in the last sort of 18 months really I guess yeah. so, I, I do think what we're crying out for this season is a holding midfielder because Winks wants to go agree, forward yeah. Sissoko wants to go forward Ndombele wants to go forward Dyer has just lost his fitness completely so we haven't got any yeah, of that yeah. security and I think all of our midfield are getting forward and so when we lose the ball it's easy to get past them and then it's attack versus defence and I think we've just been ripped apart too much whereas 16-17 we had a, a complete system of playing we had the players to play that system everyone knew what they were doing we looked so yeah. solid as well as being ruthless at the other end we were yeah I mean we yeah, were just lacking in, in that sort of midfield conundrum you, you have sort of and Don Bale who I think is a, is a cracking footballer and I think he will be great for Spurs Lo Celso who looks looks fantastic and then you've got Winks, but I don't think any, any of those are sort of suited to sort of a, a CDM sort of just sitting yeah. back in front of the back door. He's sort of a manager, a Fernandinho, a Fabinho, someone, someone like that helps us to sort of solidify our defensive priorities. Yeah. yeah, I think so I too. Mean, yeah. You mentioned Ndombele there. I'm assuming by that comment you were. Uh, wouldn't sell him to uh, Barcelona, which is what he's been linked with. You, you'd stick with him and then hope he can come good. Because there's been a lot of foreigners. Uh, you know, you, you look at Cristiano Ronaldo when he first went to United. He didn't really do much for a few seasons, and then you know, look at him now. I just think what you've seen from Mbappé. I, I don't know what your take on it is, but I, I've just seen a, a player who, for whatever reason, whether it be fitness coming to the Premier League. Or, or just the changing of manager, whatever it's been. But I think in there, there's a, there's a fantastic footballer. He shows glimpses of what he's capable of. Mm. I just don't think he's maybe ran. He, he's only done it for sort of twenty minutes at a time, or yeah, or whatnot. But I, I think he can do sort. Of, he's got elements of everything. Huh? He's a good dribbler. He can shoot clearly. He's a good passer of the footballer. A, a passer, good passer of the ball. But, and I'd like to stick with him just because I think we invested quite a lot of money in him but mm. I really do think he's got the qualities to maybe be one of the best best midfielders in yeah. the world I, think, I, I genuinely agree with that I think he's definitely got quality the way he drifts past people and can skim past people his issue is I don't, he probably has but I can't remember him playing in 90 minutes for us and he seems to look always no. tired so I don't know if it's an attitude problem fitness problem or just Literally, he didn't realise how quick the the league would be, and he, he played brilliantly against Man City in the Champions League. But that, and then he went back to the the French league. So, I think it's possibly yeah. every, every week or, or sometimes every every three four days playing at that intensity. But I I definitely keep him as well because he's got. It would be completely different if he he had the uh, negative things that I've just mentioned there, and then wasn't doing anything when he got the ball. But you can yeah. clearly see he's got some ability there. I mean, did you see uh, Jamie Carragher's analysis of it? Yeah, yeah. About a month ago, and I thought that sort of nailed it. I mean, his, his running stats were shocking. I think it was in the Burnley first half. They were mm. absolutely shocking in the fact that I think maybe Lloris even completed more sprints than him or something like that. I mean, <laughs> but then every time he got it, he, I think he only didn't complete maybe one pass. And he was always sort of... On the ball, there was no no shame in what he was doing, but he, and then 
he would sort of be methodic on the pitch and he wouldn't, wouldn't sort of say to the centre-backs, give me the ball. And I just think there's some sort of, there's some sort of little key thing on with him. Yeah. And I'm hoping if we give him an overseason. Yeah. I mean, look at Suzuka. I mean, it's not a great example, but who would have thought Suzuka would have been... Yeah, exactly, yeah. One of our first names on the team sheet. And Suzuka now produces a bit of quality on the ball compared to where he was at in his first season and the Spurs. And, I mean, and, and you would say Suzoko looked a bit of logic on the pitch. I mean, uh, and there's, there's no, there's actually golfing black in those two footballers. If Suzoko can suddenly become a mainstay on our team, I see absolutely no reason to, to see Ben Dombale not becoming yeah. that player, you know? I, I think Suzoko's got into our team through partly confidence that Pochettino gave him, but secondly, a, a, a huge amount of hard work on his part. Yeah. Uh, which hopefully Ndombele can adopt that because I think they're quite good friends, aren't they, behind the scenes, both of them. They're both French. I think they both get on there. But yeah, so ho- hopefully he can adopt some of that and then be an integral part of the team. Um, I hope so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't hear or see that he's got a, a huge attitude problem. He doesn't look to me like... I, I maybe say all of uh, our players have got a bit of an attitude problem from what you've seen before and, and bits like that but and it's Barcelona one it shows the talent the, the <laughs> yeah. talent he is you know yeah I, I'd definitely keep him um, yeah uh, back to Pochettino any more games that stand out as particular highlights in his reign uh, what else have I got I've obviously got Real Madrid at home I think that was a special mm. game I don't know if you went to that one uh, I didn't know uh, yeah, basically the season the season ticket they uh, you had to buy the tickets uh, separately. Oh, but I share yeah, I share it with uh, two others, so we had one game each. Uh, I I, oh, okay. I unfortunately went to the Barcelona game where Lionel Messi uh, just ran the show the following season. But I, I watched the Madrid yeah. game and it was just a big statement. But to to me as well, it just highlighted the fact that um, and it's exactly what you can say about us last year as well. Is the top teams in the Champions League don't really turn up until the knockouts. In the groups, they just um, get it done to get through. And you can argue that we did that as well with the last, with, with the draw in Barcelona. But Real Madrid were a completely different team in the groups than they were in the knockouts. But it is, yeah. a, it is a European heavyweight and we battered them pretty much. So, yeah. I think that, that, that game certainly stands out more to the Spurs fan than yeah. probably any other fan in the fact that we remember it but it was a group stage game and if we would have drawn that game it probably wouldn't have meant it meant yeah. a lot and I, I, do, yeah. I do think as well it, yeah. it's games like because we were a relatively new team in the Champions League so it's a it's kind of a not a shot out to Europe but a, a kind of okay we're serious here we, 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 we can beat the best so it was a bit of a sure. statement game, I think. But yeah, I didn't go there, but the atmosphere must have been unbelievable there. Uh, it must have been, must have been, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we were great the whole game, even. I mean, we always could have conceded a late goal, of course, because it's bad, Another game that stands out for me was the 4-1 against Liverpool. I think it was a Wembley. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can argue that most of the goals that we scored were some defensive or goalkeeping error, but... It was just we we looked like we were going to win that game from the start because we looked like we wanted it more. Mm. And again, the, I agree enough. 
Sorry. And, and yeah, it was just another statement game. Another one was where we drew two all against City. I think we were two nil down at the Etihad. Yeah. Um. So that was one of the. I mean, that was Man City at the time of building proper momentum to being the team they are now. Albeit with money has allowed them to be that, but <laughs> we won't go on about that. Yeah, I mean, but and, and then to come two nil down at their place, two all. Yeah. Big statement, I think. Spurs, Spurs started scoring late goals under Pochettino, and mm. Spurs teams Spurs before never probably really, really did that. That case became a theme of the way we played. And yeah. And, and going back to the Liverpool game, I think a lot of Liverpool fans were pinpointing that one as quite a, as a big game under Klopp in the fact that since that game, they. I think they reverted to some more of a sort of defensive strategy. And then obviously in the January, they brought in Van Dijk. Mm. Got to the Champions well, League. Well, that he, year. well, he played in that game. That was his first game. That 4-1. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was. I, I could be wrong on that one, but I'm pretty sure it was his first game, but obviously he wasn't used to playing it. So he's not, he's not the powerhouse he is for Liverpool now. No. But uh, yeah, we, we battered them that game. I think we... I think we were maybe three 0 or four 0 up at half time. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, so, yeah I mean, uh, but like big, big, you know, you have other games where you batter someone like a Stoke or West Brom four 0 and but yeah, th- those get those games don't stand out as much because the game's over pretty much as soon as the first goal goes in. It's it's the yeah. big games like that where because I, I I don't know if you remember Tim Sherwood as our manager where against every top team we got absolutely rinsed. Yeah, I think something like a four nil was our best result. A four nil loss was our best result against one of the top six under him. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. We we in the end we went into every big game with a fighting chance. It was only in the the, the seventeen eighteen season when City destroyed us by five. Yeah, and that sort of surprised me in the fact that in eighteen nineteen. I think, honestly, I didn't think we had any chance in the two legs against them in the Champions mm. League. And I think that, that shows a bit of praise to the team, to be fair, how, yeah. how they sort of improved in that respect. But I don't think they improved as a team. I think we were probably a, a better side maybe the season before on, on like a game-by-game basis. But it shows that we had a bit more experience and maybe a bit more defensive capabilities the following season. Yeah. I mean, when we beat them 1-0 at home, that was... It, it, no one really talks about that game, but that was a, a very solid performance against a very good City side. Mm, yeah, I mean, Aguero scores that penalty could be different, but I think maybe <laughs> maybe the penalty save gave the team a lot of belief that they could go on and and you know, yeah. and then yeah, I mean, Son, whenever Kane's been injured, really, has basically taken that mantle onto his shoulders and just, I mean, he was absolutely superb in the last. Not including this season because he's injured as well, but the previous two when Kane got injured, he was the one who basically got us wins and, and yeah. Yeah, he always steps up, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a shame he's injured at the moment, but it's a season uh, that won't yeah, I mean, exist, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was after that, that Villa game a few weeks back when Son scored that late win. Mm. I thought maybe we, we, we're generating a bit of momentum there. I think we were maybe we'd gone fourth after that game or something like that. But obviously it yeah. came out that he he broke his his arm or his hand in that yeah. game and since then we've been pretty shocked and about what it yeah, we just didn't look like we had a threat at all and that Leipzig game, the last game that we played, was just ugh, 
But then you yeah, get. But, I mean, but then when you've got goalkeeping howlers as well, um, yeah, doesn't help. But. That, that Leipzig game was a real sort of, I think, low point in yeah. terms of. I mean, uh, I don't know where you stand on Mourinho, but in my head, I'm not going to fully judge him mm. until next season after he's had a transfer window and some time to sort of uh, resonate mm. his methods with the players in yeah. training. Well, that's another but question. I mean, yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's another question I've got. Do, do you see him having a transfer window? Obviously, there will be one, but with with the way this virus has affected the economy and everything like that, do, do, personally, my personal view is, apart from free deals and swaps, I don't really see anybody getting like a, a £60 million player or plus. Uh, no, no, I agree. I think, I think the transfer window is really going to sort of go back to the way it is, but maybe... I think it could be it could be a, seat, a, a year to be honest. Mm. I think I don't know whether your views on restarting the league or whatnot, but I don't think I think it's a non-starter trying to start mm. the Premier League until there's a vaccine out until we can sort of basically eradicate the virus. Just because of the, I think playing football behind closed doors, I don't think it's I don't think it logistically works. No, uh, well, I'm not sure it needs to wait until a, a virus, but certainly. At this moment in time, while it's still out there and killing people, hundreds of people, starting the league again is just absolutely ludicrous and just madness and just so irresponsible and just shows that it's just greedy idiots caring about money rather than anything else. And Aguero's come out and said oh, most of the players are scared about going back. And like, If you can't listen to the players that your organisation essentially represents, it's just... yeah. I, th- I think starting it again... I think what they should do is void the season. I, I don't know how they deal with um, promotions, relegations, league titles, European yeah. qualification, but like at, at this point, it's not really that much of a problem. And you know, we don't really deserve to be in in Champions League because we've been shocking. But yeah, but in my view, the league should be all like, okay, it's done. We'll come back in September if if it's all okay. Uh, but just at the moment, just earmark September as the return date. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. Whereas now players don't know if they're coming or going. They don't know if they need to keep up fitness because they might be back in two weeks. They don't know if they're keeping up fitness and then they won't be coming back for three months. It's just yeah. so stupid. Uh, yeah, I think they should just tell them how to sort of, as you say, just sort of be one for, for now and just sort of stop with it sort of training just because I don't really see it going anywhere. No, but yeah, in, t- in terms of transfers as well, I I think Mounier is one right back who we've been linked with. I think he would be a good signing. It would certainly give uh, Aurier something to think about. He, yeah. uh, and then uh, uh, Ryan Fraser's been linked as well, hasn't he? Because he's on a free as well. He'd be a good squad player. He wouldn't get in ahead of Son or Mora or Bergwijn. Uh, but he'd be a good squad player. And you, need, you need squad players to um, push the players at the front to not get complacent and, you know, uh, if we don't start before, if I don't perform, then I'm going to be dropped, and someone else is chomping at the bit to come in. So I think that would be good. But we desperately need a central midfielder. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I've seen the other like you said before, fullbacks. Come on, Nunez. Look at the position. We're linked to sort of. Is it is it Aaron at Norwich or? Yeah, yeah, but he's going to be 30, 40 million minimum. Uh, I just don't think we can afford that. Agreed, and especially in the Daniel Levy. And as you say, 
I mean, some teams will be able to buy them. If, if this Newcastle takeover happens and in Man City, they will be. But it doesn't paint a very good picture, does it? If, you know, the whole country's struggling, the whole world's struggling, and then teams are going out and buying like three fifty million pound players. But because I'd prefer a new goalkeeper because I think Lois has passed his best and he makes too many mistakes. But you're not going to yeah. get one of them for less than forty million. And, and I think he, he, we just don't have the money and... and no one can afford that, really. No, for sure. I mean, the reason always splits opinion, doesn't he? I, I yeah. always say with him, like, I don't think he's ever been a world-class keeper, but I always say, I think there's only better goalkeepers we can get. And I always don't think there is, but no. it's when he makes mistakes in big games, time after time. After time. Yeah. Sometimes he has, uh, I mean, he's capable of having amazing games, but... I just think he costs us too much in big games. Yeah, game. I do as well. I, I like to see us give someone like Pope, Nick Pope from Burnley, a chance, but then like that, yeah. they're, they're not selling him for less than forty million. And, and at this moment in time, that's a no go. Uh, Henderson will, you know, he'll either stay at Sheffield United on loan again, or he'll he'll go back to Man United. So he's not going anywhere. Uh, Pickford, yeah. I don't rate him at all. No, I don't rate Pickford at all. Um, and, uh, so I think stick with Lovis and then hope that. He's learned his lesson, but I'm, I'm, I think it's a lack of concentration with him. I don't think it's. I mean, he keeps us in games quite a lot of games with his saves, but his decision making, and he, he's lost that air of um. Oh, what's the word? Um. Uh, reliableness and and just you you felt like okay, Lois is in goal, we're in safe hands here. He's lost that in my point of view. And I think yeah. that that then makes the defenders nervous. Out of Ild's uh, own goal against Villa, case in point there. Thinks Lois yeah. is coming, looks over his shoulder because he's not sure and then he has to do something. Should have been Lois's ball there. Yeah, he's got to come on I mean, he's always been a great shot stopper. Hmm. And great, he makes great saves. But I don't, yeah, he, he doesn't command his, his six-yard boxers or, yeah. or out of, <laughs> enough. I mean, he's a good sweeper keeper, but yeah, that, that, that Villa mistake, Toby's put it in the net, but... Larissa sort of done a double stack and it looks no, mm. it should come and get that really because it's not a great ball in from the, the yeah. player really. Yeah. Right, so we'll have a break there. We mentioned uh, uh, some of Tom's favourite Pochettino era games uh, and had a chat about uh, this season and players, etc. Uh, so we'll have a break, like I say, when we come back. Uh, talk about Pochettino's interview with BT Sport. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have either heard about it or watched it. Uh, a lot of interesting things to talk about there. Um, so we'll talk about that when we come back. Back in a bit. Hi there, and we're back. So carrying on with the Pochettino theme, I'm sure most of you saw uh, the interview that he did on BBC, uh, not BBC, sorry, BT, and some of the things he said, so some of the highlights. Uh, he wants to be back at some point. He wants to finish he, before he dies. He wants to manage us again and finish what he didn't get to finish. Uh, so, Tom, f two questions there. Firstly, do you think he will be back at some point to manage us? Secondly, will you want him to? And then I will ask a third question with that. When do you think he'll be back on, or when do you think he should? Um, so I'd start by saying... Mourinho's our manager right now, so I want Mourinho to do 
as well as he can do, and obviously I want as much success as possible under under Jose. But uh, and do I think he'll be back? I think if he if he wants to be back as a Spurs manager at some point, then I don't see any reason why why he won't come back as a as a as he, why he won't be a Spurs manager again. And I think he's quite a loyal guy. So I struggle to see him managing any of Spurs' rivals. I mean, maybe maybe he could become Man United manager one day. Uh, I think there's potential there. But, and I certainly think he'll, he'll want to be back in the Premier League. So, he's been linked I mean, with Newcastle, hasn't he, with a multi-million pound budget, if, if that uh, goes ahead. It could, it could happen, that, it could happen, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think there's a lot of barriers to, to be done there before that's possible. I mean, the takeover's not done yet, mm-hmm. and football's not going to go back to normal, as we talked about before, for, for a while, so mm. it'll be interesting to see how that evolves, and I'm not too sure whether he could come back as le- when 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 uh, Enoch and, and Levius are in charge of the club. I'm mm. not too sure if the relationship's there for that to happen. Yeah. In my mind, I think Levius may maybe alluded to the fact that Potts may come back at some point. I think after Potts was done, but mm. again, that's a, that's a bit of a sticky one, isn't it? Really? Yeah. What, what, what do you think of Enoch? Are, are you a like an Enoch out guy, or are you uh, Enoch? Enoch are okay or you like Enoch or what's your stance on them and, and Enoch being Daniel Levy as well? Uh, I'm not I'm not too strong the opinion on it because I do think I don't think they can say that they haven't I mean look at the stadium we've got from, where, from when they took over in 2001 maybe yeah. I guess under a long period we haven't used to our time now I think we're a top deal with Walker there 50 million for for Carl Walker I think we got a good deal I, th- I just think it's a lack of investment there which which is, is a is is a yes we have done that well no we haven't done it well I think I, I think to, to say that where, Enoch where haven't done anything sorry where, where do you stand on Enoch sorry well uh, I, th- I think no one no one really in in heart of hearts can say that they haven't done haven't progressed us I think we said didn't we earlier that Pochettino has basically turned us from a, a wannabe club into like the club we are now but I think yeah, without Enoch that wouldn't have happened I agree yeah so and and, and uh, people saying that you know Liverpool have um, invested their money we haven't but you know Liverpool invested all of the Coutinho money that they they Got in two players, which transformed them, Allison and Van Dyke. We, yeah. we we invested all of the bail money, but other than Ericsson, it was invested poorly. So we have invested the money. It's just apart, you know, apart from Kirikash, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't poor. That was that was abysmal, wasn't it? But, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, uh, Lamella is on the fence. Uh, he's, he he seems to be injury prone. He has some really good games, and he has other games where he's not quite at it. Whereas you look at Allison and Van Dyke, they're generally at it every game. Uh, Ericsson was really the only successful one there. I mean, we bought Soldado, didn't we? Who's a player who scores goals in the penalty area and then we just don't put any crosses in for him. So it's, is the manager saying they want him and then Levy's gone out and bought him or is it Levy going, oh, you know, he's, he's available, we'll go get him without speaking to the manager. Uh, we've got this new stadium. Yeah, we've got this new stadium. We're now the, the the most valuable club in the Premiership. I'm assuming that's based on assets, and the stadium is is one hell of an asset, and that's why we're there. So I, I don't think it's uh, we have the most amount of money. We would if we sold all of our, our assets, but yeah. So yeah, and we're we're now in Europe, a, a, a no name in in European football, which five years ago we weren't, and a lot of that's down to Pochettino, but a lot of it's down to Enoch as well. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I, I think their long-term goal would be to come third and make make a big sum of money. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I said as soon as this stadium was announced, no one sponsored it, which is like the best stadium in the world because it's the newest. No one's wanting to sponsor it. Yeah, it says to me that they're looking to sell, so that the new company, yeah. like like um, Man City, have done with their, I think their owners own Etihad, don't they? So that's why it's called the Etihad because they're they're sponsoring yeah. it themselves. So. I, I think at some and and Joe Lewis owns it and he's late eighties I think so he must be looking to sell at some point unless he's just going to hand that over to his kids. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think that's going to happen soon. But I mean, I, I'm not. I'm, I don't exactly stand on a stance where they're, they're orphan and what they've done to Spurs. But no. I don't think anyone can say that. I think it, no. it's like a lot of things. There's two sides to it. Yes, with powers, we're just going to lack investment, but then again, they're not under their stewardship. And I don't think it's anything like sort of a Newcastle situation where. Oh, no, he, he's just awful, isn't he, Mike Ashley? Yeah. But then, yeah, they're, they're new owners as well, apparently. The, the Saudi Arabian part of their consortium, which owns 80%, apparently, whether it's true or not, but it's, it's been alleged that they orchestrate the killing of a journalist you know <laughs> so you can say what you want about Levy but he hasn't killed anyone yeah for sure and I, I think it's uh, I mean he said some strange stuff but I think he is always trying to improve the club mm. whether it be keeping to a tight budget I think that's what he does but and he, uh, I mean did you see the uh, I think it was the at the Christmas dinner there was a leaked video of him saying what he wants for Christmas and that be I think he mentioned the trophy, and <laughs> I think sometimes, sometimes I think he's a bit in the cows in the fact that maybe we need to invest more to get a trophy. And I, I do think he, I, I think he's in the sack punch team. I don't think Potts should have been sacked, but hmm. that's just a, a debate for a different issue. I think he's, his head's always in the right place with regards to trying to get Spurs, Spurs there, but I just don't think he need provide the resources a lot of no. the time, but. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you don't think Potts should have been fired. We'll come to that in a second. But like with, with Enoch, I think that there were times in our past uh, when Alan Sugar took over, it was possibly before your time, he saved us from bankruptcy and then we weren't massively 
secure. Mm. But under Enoch, there's no way that we're going to end up losing a hell of a lot of money and, and, and going in the, in the red. I mean, obviously, this coronavirus um, pandemic and the issue, the financial issues that come with that isn't due to bad um, management or anything like that. But he, he's made us financially stable, which in this climate is a big, big thing. Um, but yeah, um, going, going back to that, you don't think Potts should have been fired. Would, would you have, I'd have liked to have seen him uh, have a chance to rectify it and then have a January transfer window to try and uh, get the players in he wanted. Is, is that your view as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I saw that maybe Potts mentioned something like he spoke with Ferguson. And yeah. Fergie never won, won every, anything for the first seven years. Of, or he didn't win a title at least. Yeah. For the first seven years of his, of his career. And I, uh, at United, and I think Potts, he created that springboard. And for whatever reason, we didn't get that final step mm-hmm. to win the big titles as he would have put. But I just think he was, I think he was let down like by the board in the fact that the only time we properly invested money was his final season. And even then, I, there's probably a ridiculous start out there to say that how many and gone back in their cells so definitely I didn't feature at all in hardly of any of Potter's season just due to the fact that uh, because of injury there, yeah. Yeah. And I can't I can't put my finger on why Spurs decreased so dramatically I take on the well, that that was the kind of beginning of the end, wasn't it? Because by that at that point, before that game started, we were outsiders of a title race. I think we were. I think we were five points off second or something like that. But yeah, with with that Burnley game being our game in hand, but yeah, I think that was huge. I think before that last season we didn't play. think he meant it like that I think he meant just highlighting the massive achievement yeah. it, it would have been yeah. but yeah, I, yeah. but do, 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 do you think the squad got stale with lack of signings oh, there was that one season sure. wasn't there one full season where we didn't sign anyone uh, there were rumours that, that, that his training methods the players were getting bored of it and, and stuff like that do, do you see any of those being factors in, in, in our slump and decline uh. Certainly, yeah. I mean, going to the uh, the fact that the, the, the club failed, I, I think that's I think that's a fact. I think we didn't sign anyone. So the gap of I think eighteen months between mm. after the sixteen seventeen season, then when we got Lucas in the, the following season in January, and I think great team showed that you always need to buy a few new players every season to sort of refresh the squad and sort of mm. get the team level essentially because it motivates other players in training and then again maybe there is a feeling the training method got boring or or something got a bit mundane maybe the players got demotivated over time just due to the fact you could maybe say in those last sort of three to four years we won that sort of that second tier level but there was not a trophy to sort of motivate the players and say like 
we're going to become a great team. And I'm not too sure, but yeah, I, I, I think. I think the staleness definitely, and I think what it also does with refreshing up is it, it stops players becoming complacent. Uh, I mean, you could argue Kane got complacent. I don't think he's that type of player. I think he, he wants to be the best and, and will keep working, but he's never really, since he broke in, had any competition up there. Yeah. Son, again, really hasn't had that much competition. Ericsson was our only real passer in, the, in that, that side. Die, you had Wanyama, who was pushing, they were pushing each other, so they had constant um, um, competition. But I, I think, yeah, I think the staleness and the complacency, and I, I don't think players would lose motivation if we were playing every season like that, 16, 17, where we're in title races. Yeah. But obviously when it drops and, and then you're not competing at that level when you have been, I think that they can be like that. Yeah, I mean. um, but yeah, I, I just think, that that season, I mean, at the time, no one really thought that deeply, not signing anyone because we got to a Champions League final, which papered over a lot of the cracks. But I think it basically caught up with us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think all throughout, Potts was sort of the man sort of just to paper over the, the cracks. I mean, even when we didn't, we didn't play a game at home all season, we managed to finish top four, and I think that was a fantastic achievement. Yeah. Just that alone. And then we got to a Champions League final without really signing anyone. I just think, uh, for sure, I just think mm. uh, we were, we Potts always was the man to sort of, we never got incredible investment. Mm. I, well, I think his first three seasons, there was improvement each year. So the first season yeah. was, I think we finished fifth, but there was obviously that there was signs that we were adopting his kind of pressing play. Next season was when Leicester won it, so we were outsiders in a title race. Uh, finished third, which was just a bad, bad last game of the season, but still in the Champions League. Next season, then we're, we're against Chelsea for the title, and we, we've got the most amount of points that we've got. So there was definite improvement each season. And then the season after kind of went the slump, but like... I mean, pe people have a go at Pochettino, and yeah, some of his tactics were a bit uh, questionable. Playing Son at uh, left back in the Champions League semi, uh, not Champions League FA Cup semi final, for example. Yeah. But, but you know, yes, the managers. But I, I was listening to David Ginola interview on Sky Sports yesterday. It was one from ages ago. But when when Newcastle when he was in the Newcastle team that didn't win the league, and he was saying that the players have to fight for each other, and yeah, the managers there to pick the team, but the players have to manage on the pitch. Yeah. Do, do you think we have leaders in the team? Certainly now. I think 16-17 we had a lot and a lot of those players are still there but seem to have lost that kind of attribute. Do, do you think we have leaders in the team so that if if, if times are tough they've got people to drag us through? Uh, I'd say I'd say there's a difference between having having leaders on the team and maybe having winners on the team. Mm. I think there's a chance that they do we lacked sort of winners you know, players sort of had experience of so, I mean, knowing how to get past teams. Like Champions League, that FA Cup semi final against Chelsea was maybe an example because it was 2 2 wasn't it? We were playing really well that game, but if we had sort of a model how to get past teams, how to win titles, we might have had that, but 
in terms of having leaders on the pitch, I think we had maybe enough, maybe enough in that respect. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think I don't think the is a natural captain, a natural yeah. captain, if you like. Yeah, I, I, I don't like a goalkeeper as the captain. I like someone who's out on the pitch. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think. Who, who would you have as captain if you were manager game tomorrow? Who would you have as captain? In an ideal world, I'd probably have a centre mid or a centre back captain. I don't mind Kane being the captain, but I'm not too sure he's a leader as in encouraged people on the pitch. I think he's more of a sort of lead by example type figure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if I'm looking at the team now, I think Yan, Yan and, and Toby don't strike me as sort of huge personalities in terms of sort of a. captain I've ever seen is Roy Keane when he was at Man United he was just a warrior led by example just took the game by the scruff of the net dragged his team through I'm I I think the closest we've got to that is someone like a Dyer but then he's he's so far off Roy Keane in that respect but he's a warrior and and he's a warrior and he's a talker Uh, but in fairness to him, his fitness and the, I think, appendicitis he had has completely, seemingly destroyed his fitness. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think, I, I, I think there's an element which aligns with Poch in the fact that I don't think Spurs were ever nasty enough as a, as a team under Poch. Yeah. yeah. So I look at that, that, that battle in the bridge game and I look back with fond memories at that game because I never knew that at the tipping point of the league. I think the league was already done the week before in that West Brom game. I think a lot of non-Spurs fans look at that game and say that's where we lost the league. I think we yeah. lost it the week before when we drew to us from at home. Yeah. But I like to see that angry side coming out of Spurs and I think that was good to see. And maybe we just didn't see enough of that at, mm. at times when we needed to be a bit more nasty on the pitch and, and a bit, bit more about us. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think your comment there about not having any winners in, on, on the pitch or in the team, I think... If, if this coronavirus hadn't have happened and then it would have been a normal transfer window, I think they're the kind of players Mourinho would be bringing in. For sure. But, I mean, Matic was rumoured, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, which he, I mean, he's got a turning circle of a tank now, uh, but then so is Dyer, but then he is a winner. He's won titles and yeah. he's a warrior as well. I just don't think his fitness is there and I'm not sure if he's free or... or what William is another one been linked. He's a winner as well. I wouldn't mind him, and he'd be free. But that seems to have the rumours of that seem to have stopped now. But yeah, so I, I think it's a real tough task for Mourinho now. 
because he, um, he's got to literally ha deal with the players he's got. I mean, you, you never know, do you? If the season had carried on, Kane hadn't got injured, Son hadn't got injured, Sissoko hadn't got injured, and we'd have had a full team. You never know, because we were making progress with him. We were conceding a lot of goals, but we were scoring goals and winning games. So you never know. Um, but it remains to be seen, but yeah. It's a sort of turning point for uh, for the team, and it'll be interesting to see see where, see where we go from that. Especially as you say, yeah, I think, lack of lack of signings. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, but yeah. So talking about Potch's interview there, um, when when do you think? If he does come back, he will come back, and, and it's important to say as well at the moment. Even even if if uh, fans want him back, it doesn't mean that they're like Mourinho get out now. Although on on the I, I did a um, poll on Twitter yesterday. Um, thanks to everyone who voted. On uh, yeah. do you think Pochettino should come back and when? And the uh, the options were yes when it restarts after Jose's reign in ten years or so, or no. And there were some people who said when the Premier League restarts, which I think is, it's not, it's not wrong, it's just different to my opinion, but I think you've got to give Jose um, time, like you say, to stamp, put his stamp on the team uh, sure. and then see how he goes. But my, my personal view would be give Jose however many years he's going to stay and then maybe bring Pochettino back. But then, like you say... Levy and Enoch could still be there, so that might be issue. So maybe the ten years is better, but I definitely think he will manage again at us, and I'd, I'd welcome it. But when, when would you have him back if you were able to choose? Um, I don't know. It's always it always is like the circumstance. I'm a believer in the fact Poch will go on to be one of the best managers of the world, and I think he'll manage Real Madrid one day. Hmm. So I mean, if if Mourinho is here for another two, three years, hopefully he does well. Potts might be well within a, a job by that time, then he might be solidified mm. therefore for ten years. So it, it's always sort of a matter of time, but it could be ten years, could be fifteen years. I mean, he's 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 sort of late forties, isn't he? So mm. I'm guessing ideal situation. He, he's managing for at least another twenty years. That sort of mm. time period, which could be happening, and then. We could see him as fans even later down the line, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do I mean, think... Yeah. Sorry. In, in, in an ideal world, I've had him back as soon as possible after after Mourinho, just because I think he's a fantastic manager. And I, as he said, and I, I, I agree, I think he got unfinished business at Spurs. Mm. He was never able to finish what he wanted to do at Spurs, which was ultimately, I think in an ideal world, he'd, have a, he'd be at Spurs for another five years goes on to a big team I think Newcastle if he goes there I'm not sure he's someone who just goes somewhere for money money for him I mean not money to spend but it's a rebuilding job whereas I think what he did with us qualifies him for a big big job already sure um, I think we have to be looking at him yeah so uh, I don't think the dance job's very uh, very settled there given uh, are they still in the Champions League I'm trying to think and Madrid will be there in Champions League all the time, aren't they? Because yeah, Spain, Spain, like us, have four places 
Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I hope he goes somewhere like that, wins trophies, gets that monkey off his back, like our oh, manager who's never won a trophy, gets that off his back. And then what I do think, which is really odd for a Spurs fan to say because it's never really happened before, that I think regardless of what job he's in, if we came calling, I think there'd be a, a big part of him that would want to come back. Whereas pre- previous seasons, if, if you're looking at like Mourinho, for example, and he's at Inter Milan or Real Madrid, and you go, "Oh, we want you," I think yeah. he'd have laughed at us. But I think yeah. Pochettino got got what it meant to be a fan of, and I think he's turned into a Spurs fan. And I think, and I think he he got it. He got the fans, and then the, that's why the fans responded to him. But in 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 the same way, I think as if I, if I said to you, "Okay, from tomorrow, you can't support Spurs anymore. You've got to pick another team." You, yeah. you wouldn't be able to or or you, no. you'd pick someone else who's local to you like on a villa or someone like that yeah. but you'd be supporting them so half-heartedly yeah. so as soon as someone said okay you can support Spurs again it wouldn't even be a, a, a question to you it would just be oh thank God and I, I, it's not necessarily that for, for Pochettino because he would have supported another team in, in, in Argentina um, when he was growing up but yeah. I, I definitely think there's a good chance regardless of where he is, unless he's been at Real Madrid, let's say, for like two weeks, he wouldn't just leave then. But if he'd been there, won a couple of trophies and after two years and then we came calling, I think he might come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I always hope that Pochke sort of emulated Brady and the Spurs for a long period of time. And I think that element of football is no, I don't think that will ever happen again. Uh, Ferguson being there for twenty whatever years, same with Wenger. Yeah. I, I think yeah, money I, plays too big a role now. I agree. But I, I did think there was a chance he could be at Spurs again. Yeah. 10, 10 plus years in a row. Yeah, that's what I, I was hoping. That, that could happen again. You never know. Yeah. But and, and I, I think there's a bond between Pochi and Brian sort of yeah. like, and the other like. Some fans, the fans, say that fans wonder why we go on about Poch but look, I know a few Man United fans and a lot of them still say like oh the manager did this Ferguson wouldn't have done that so he he's yeah. he's he's at that kind of although he he's just he's he'll be the best manager I ever see in my lifetime Ferguson I don't think there'll be any other manager that comes close but but that that whole 20 25 years or whatever it was at one club I think that's gone now yeah. Although, although they were always challenging, weren't they, Man United? And he, he, so, I mean, if if we were always challenging where we were, there's no way Pochettino would be gone now. So it, it might still happen again. But then there was no one really to to compete with uh, Man United in terms of money at that time. Whereas now you you have Man City uh-huh. who are ahead of everybody, uh-huh. Chelsea not far behind, and then Newcastle potentially ahead of everybody else. But I think it's not given the circumstances, it's much harder to keep all the players happy and keep sort of a, yeah. a, a balanced situation. I think it's much, much easier. I think it's been a 
football changed so much, I think it's it just in the last sort of 10 years. Money dominated even more, and the players sort of, the players sort of run, run the shop, I think. It's, yeah. it's much harder to, to, to banish a player out due to the fact that money's all you've done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I I do think he'll be back, but um, in, yeah. Sure. In terms of some of the players, well, Delhi Ali's had a half and half season, hasn't he? Like under Pochettino when we started, he was kind of the next big thing, and he had some unbelievable seasons at sixteen, seventeen. I think he scored twenty odd goals. Um, yeah, this he's season gone. he's um not been quite there. Well, what do you think's the reason for that? Do you think he's got a bit complacent and cared more about his image and stuff like that? Or do you think he's been moved around uh, different positions and, and, and if so, what do you think his best position is? I think I think Danny Allen is a footballer. Basically last two seasons sort of made fans think he's a better footballer than he actually is. I don't think he's a cracking footballer. I think I think that the likes of Ericsson a much better football in terms of all playing passing. So what Danny Ali has is he's got a six sense of uh, contributing goals and assists and sort of basically his goals and assist stats are up there with some strikers in that respect. And he always been contributing in big games. But I think in the last sort of couple of seasons he's he's dropped off as he's been sort of weak out of it. He's played to central midfield in the last few weeks he's been playing up top. And I think it's that position, the sort of central attack in the field, in that position behind the striker. And I think he always does contribute to matches, but he's always that best when he's getting, getting his goal in the city. He's mm-hmm. a young player and he's moved about that sort of uh, frequency in which he's contributing has uh, dropped off. And I've been a bit sorry for the player, to be honest. I think. Uh, I think if you play it in a favourite position week in week out, you would start to get back to the levels, the levels in which you've been previously at. I don't know what you reckon. Well, I, I do agree with that he's not the best footballer in the team, and I think that's highlighted in this season where he couldn't even pass five metres. Um, yeah. I, I think I think he's one of those players, I can't think of another one a fan, but I think he's 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 a better player off the ball than he is on. Yeah, so I, I think he's better when he's making his runs and running off defenders and, and you know, arriving late in the box and, and, and then scoring goals and stuff. Uh, and, and when we have space, when we were in the 16 17 season, we had so much space going forward, so that, that's why he was able to find, I think, Kane with, with ease and, and then. Kane's got space and then he's fairly ruthless in goal. But I, I think Ali's best position is in that hole behind Kane where he's got licence to just run yeah. about. And, and then that that's the position that he's played where he's least expected to kind of contribute to the build-up play because I, I don't think that's his um, no, I, forte I at all. I mean, he's not bad. I think he,
Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think as well that that Palace goal that he scored, the the wonder goal against Palace a few seasons ago, and yeah. the Man United goal at Old Trafford uh, this season, I think that yeah. highlights him perfectly. When he has to think about things, he messes things up, and he has too much time yeah. to think. When it's all instinctive, like those two goals, he's superb. And I think playing just behind the uh, the striker, just behind Kane, and then making his late runs. He doesn't really have to think too much about things. Understand? Yeah, I think he's a he's a street footballer. He's a sort of playground yeah. footballer. I mean, that that brace at the bridge, like this first goal, dive, king one over the top, and he's him I think where he cares about his image and, and his, his, his um, sponsorships and stuff but then Ali Ali yeah. uh, cancelled him last year didn't he I think just before Pochettino got fired I think he cancelled him so I think he does care and then in fairness to him in playing in the wrong position under Mourinho as well I think the majority of that has been down to injuries and, and we've got to Try, try and fit a system in and, and you know he is quite tall and good at headers so that maybe explains why he was up top but I think once everybody's fit I think he'll then be put in his best position so there, there were rumours as well that he was we were looking to sell him but I, I wouldn't be letting him go anywhere I think he's, he's a top top player and it certainly showed under the 16-17 season you can argue that yeah he wasn't really known there so that's why people weren't picking him up. But under the right system, he can be really influential and really effective. Sure. So I, I'd I definitely yeah. keep him. I, yeah, I agree. And I think he's a funny footballer as well, just because I don't think... I feel like I struggle to see... I struggle to see him as a footballer in the fact that he, he sort of sort of changes, changes a team in terms of the way they play, I think he's sort of fits into a system and, and when he's playing in that system, he can absolutely flourish. Mm. But I just think he needs the variables around him to be right. Yeah. And, uh, they're not, they're not, they're simply not at this moment in time, really, are they? Yeah. I, I, I think when you've got Sun out wide as well, it's such an, if you can get it to him quick, it's such an easy out ball. And it's, it's yeah. what Paul Scholes was a genius at at Man United when they had Giggs one side, Beckham the other side, or then Ronaldo, and it's literally he strings the play, gets it from the defenders, and then all of a sudden quickens it up, pings it to one of those who are one on one, and then they destroy that defender and then game on. It's exactly the same as Son. He's the only real player who does it for us who, who looks to take people on. I haven't seen too much of Bergvine yet, and, and 
Bird Ryan came when players were injured. So he seems quick and, and direct as well. So that's where you'd miss an Ericsson. But I think Lacelso can fit that mould. He, he looks to have come good. So this season, let's, let's say the season does end and the FA do the right thing and void the season or cancel the season. Who, who do you think are the players who deserve credit for how they've played this year? I think the last few games showed that the honeymoon period was over. The Wolves game, he had a bit of a shocker, but he is young. Like you say, he, he, he's, he's not going to be learning the position he's playing because he's playing in three different positions every three weeks. But yeah, but I, I do agree that Liverpool game, was was he played very well even though he lost. And so he's yeah. definitely a good spark for the future. Uh, anyone else you'd, you'd, you'd highlight? One of the best crosses in our team when he when he has space, but yeah. But then I'm still struggling to get any other players. So like you've been you've been at the top of your game. Even some been constantly going before that Villa game, but for some reason I think there's something missing from his performance. I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, I I think the thing missing from his performance was a good Ericsson in the middle. Ericsson was the one who would get the ball, ping it over to him quickly for 50 yards while he's one on one, and then he's on his bike. But uh, I think that's Yeah, I was, I was just about the same. I think he's done well, certainly in the last month or two. He looks like the one who's taken it upon himself to be the creative spark in the team. Yeah. Whether he's got the range of passing that Ericsson has, he, 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 t- he tends to run with the ball a lot more than Ericsson, which. Eric Ericsson, like a like a Scholes who did play until he's forty, like Modric could be playing until he's forty because he doesn't need the pace because he's got that yeah. and Gerard as well when he he stepped back he's got that passing ability which means he doesn't really need to run he can let the ball do the work whereas Lacelso if he carries on playing like he he is at the moment won't be able to do that because it, it's a lot about running committing players but I do like the look of him I'm glad we made it. Yeah, plain. I mean what I say about Spurs I think. Kane, yeah. In terms of Kane, do you see that as there's he's playing every single game 
and he's got no understudy there to step in. But uh, I, I did see someone on Twitter ages ago when he first got injured saying that, uh, you know, we need someone to replace him every now and then and give him a rest. But then it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If the manager drops Kane for a game against, I don't know, West Ham, for example, because we should be beating him and then we end up losing and Kane's on the bench, he's criticised there. Um, but he definitely does need someone to help out. Not not just to help out, but for a plan B as well. But do you think his injuries are down to the fact that he's been playing every game? Because you, know, you had Alan Shearer playing every game pretty much since he was uh, early 20s. And, he, he, you know, the only injuries he got were where someone clattered him and broke his ankle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's injury-prone. And I do Well, I've been trying to say on Twitter for about I don't know, three, four years, but yeah. yeah. So I, I think it would be an old player that we'd have. Because certainly now, when you look that if everything goes back to normal, you've got the Euros in a year and then the World Cup a year after that. So there's basically two tournaments that players are going to be playing and they want to be playing football, not sitting on the bench. So it's going to be even more difficult. Sure. Um, I mean, the way Kane plays, I mean, he got. Delph. I mean, he's been doing that for about four years and with no incident. Yeah. And then the one time he gets injured, then it's an issue. And it's it's not an issue at all. That's yeah. how he plays. But in terms of signing a striker, would you want to sign a striker? Or would you like to see Parrot given a, 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 a pun? There's some rumours that he hangs around with drug dealers and his head's not really in football and stuff like that, which whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it's what I've seen on Twitter. But then I've seen God knows... I, I, I've seen, you know, we're signing about five players on Twitter, so who knows on Twitter what's real and what's not. But, but would you give him a chance? And, and He gave him a chance in the cup, didn't he? And then had a bit of a scathing, uh, sort of like petty comment afterwards. But Yeah, I, I struggle to sort of see Mourinho's treatment of Parrot. I think it's a bit funny because after his baby, he sort of made a big fact about his... I mean, he brought him on, didn't he? And then he gave mm. him the ball. And maybe things were going quite well for Spurs at that point. So I thought at the time maybe Mourinho was sort of illustrating the parrots near Reddy. But then he sort of backtracked and sort of where we were with that strike. So I wasn't close to the team. And I do think he's a bit young right yeah. now. I think, and I think it's right. I mean, you don't want to play a young player in the run of games, but he's not going to score a goal because that could then a young player confidence long term. Mm. Indeed. I don't think that's yeah, in, in terms of the age, I don't think that's an issue because Michael Owen started when he was 16, although he wasn't an unbelievable talent, which... I just think when Kane got injured and then he's not picking power, I mean, that just 
it can't give you much confidence when you're the only striker in the club and you're still not getting a game. I, I just think at least stick him on the bench and then give him like half minute cameos here, half minute, half hour cameos here and there. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're falling up in a game, I mean, it's easy to then bring him on. There's no pressure at all because you've won. You know, you, you never know, do you? Like one goal, one goal, like Kane's goal against Chelsea, the first one, catapulted him to where he is now. Although. From, from what I see and, and read, he's got an unbelievable work ethic, Kane. Which, but yeah, I'd definitely give him a chance. You never know; he might come back from this summer or, or, or massive break. You know, bolt up, been running laps in his garden every day, and then comes back completely different animals. Decided, right? You know, if he is hanging around with drug dealers, he won't be able to at the moment because you, you're not allowed out, and so he might have. Uh, so okay, I want to play football now. I'm, I'm done with all of that, but I, I, I'd certainly give him a chance because I, like you say, I don't think we can get a quality quality striker who will be happy to sit on a bench. Right, and yeah, I mean, I do hope, I do hope Mourinho's dealing with Parrot in the right way, just because he is a young footballer. So when he's not playing, when those strikers are, are present, I think he, he needs to be sort of told, yeah, told the reasons for that. I mean. Yeah. But Mourinho knows what he's doing. He must know what he's doing. You don't win. God knows how many trophies he's won. Like without having plans and plans A and B and stuff like that. Not just in games, but for the season as a whole. It's just. It's just. He probably has had plan A and B and who he wants to sign, and then this this pandemic is going to put that in serious jeopardy, and then he's going to have to. Think about something else, but. But yeah. Okay, so that's about it. Time for today. Um, nice, good chat there again. It's always good to have someone else to chat to rather than people having to listen to my voice just waffling on and on and on, usually about the same thing. Um, so it's good to get someone else's point of view about uh, Poch and. and uh, it, favorite yeah. memories of him as well. Um, yeah, thanks very much for having me on the uh, on the show. It's great to yeah. great to talk in football things Tottenham. Just yeah. a shame uh, there's not much to cover in terms of games and goals. Yeah. We could do another one in a week and just like pretty much uh, repeat everything we've said as a replay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, all, the, all, all the sorts of sort of current topics have sort of been done to death in terms of. Uh, it's just lucky that Pochettino did that interview because then uh, that's like <laughs> 30 minutes of material, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, it brings back good memories, huh? Yeah, but yeah, definitely once we start playing games again, it'd be good to have you on and discuss how we see a game or games going. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. Um, so thanks for listening everybody uh, again if you want to follow uh, Tom on Twitter his uh, Twitter handle is at Tom underscore sports Don uh, sports Don all one word uh, it's Tom yeah. Wilson uh, and thanks again Tom and hopefully have you back soon thanks very much I hope all is well with everyone yeah